What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby. And these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington. And I'm Barry Horn. Simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. DFW? Yeah. DFW. What did I say? W. W. I'm from Texas, pal. Yeah. Or I know. Maybe maybe you would say W. Maybe that's Texas. Let's let's ask David Moore, who I believe is also a native of Texas. He is a native of Texas. How would would you say it, David? DFW. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, here's what he would. Here's what Barry would say. DFWs. Like a, oh, I get yeah. it. That's funny. Yeah. Use yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So anyway, David so, Moore. So, we're, we're, so, so so Barry Barry, have you been to Houston lately? Or? <laughs> I I have been to Houston. Uh, I've been to Houston Street. Is I've I've been to Houston more recently than I've been to Houston Street. We have some friends from uh, from Longview, and 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 their name is H O U S T O N, and they pronounce it Houston. It's interesting, isn't it? Is that Longview, Long Island? That they're no, from? No, that's that'd be Longview, Texas, pal. All right, Longview, East Texas. Hey, uh, David Moore. Uh, today is the day that the Cowboys could tag your man, Demarcus Lawrence, but uh, Brandon George says they won't. Why? Why won't they tag him today? Well, they could tag and they will tag before March six if they're unable to reach a long term agreement. And uh, there's just there's no point in tagging today. He can't sign anywhere else. Free agency hasn't begun. But uh, once March 6th gets here, if they don't feel uh, they're in a position to agree on a long-term deal, then they will go ahead and put the franchise tag on him. With the understanding, they still want to negotiate and try to reach a long-term deal. At that stage, they have until July 18th to do so. And that tag will uh, he will go for? Is it seventeen million? Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm thinking? It, well, it was it was sixteen nine eight last year. Uh, the figures aren't in yet, uh, but it appears there's a chance it could be around seventeen point four to seventeen point five million. Uh, at the moment, the Cowboys, are, I believe, are about nineteen point eight million in cap room. So that would just the franchise tag would eat up just about all of their available cap room. Uh, as far as doing anything in free agency, the draft. Uh, obviously, they will restructure other contracts, um, let some players go, uh, as they do every offseason, to manipulate some cap room. But that's the other reason they want to reach a long-term deal with him, because it would lower the hit uh, this year. They really don't want to pay 17-4 to 17-6 uh, for uh, DeMarcus Lawrence this year. But when you look at the free agent market and what uh, 
similar players have commanded in the free agent market is going to be a pretty hefty hit. So it's, uh, um, I think at this point, certainly the tag is going to go on. Uh, they're going to need all of their time up to July 18th to uh, negotiate this, and I think it's going to be a very difficult negotiation. Yeah, if, I'm not so sure, unless you just make a balloon note out of it and he, he's going to make you know $30 million in, the, in the fourth year of this deal. I don't know how much money you're going to save in a long-term deal because as uh, he has the same agent, I believe, who negotiated the deal for Olivier Vernon with the Giants. Is that correct? Yeah, and, and Vernon signed a five-year $85 million deal, but the key on that was, I believe, $52.5 million was guaranteed. Yeah, right. So, right. Uh, now look, you can uh, a five-year deal, you can certainly lower the hit uh, this year, which is what you do, because you, you take the signing bonus and you'll spread it over the length of the contract and, and a few other things. But you're on the hook for that later at, at significant portions down the road. So... Uh, when I talk about them saving money with the franchise tag, it's just money to spend this year, yeah. uh, this off season. Uh, it, you're not saving money down the road in doing this, un- unless uh, you tag him for a year or two, which Dallas could do, and uh, you know you then just move on from there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to, but to... even if you do that, look, even if you do that, you're talking about so right there. You're talking about guaranteeing him what. Uh, Thirty-five to thirty-six million over the next two years. If you tag them in back-to-back years, yeah, uh, and you only get them for two years, and on a, that four-year deal, you're talking about a guarantee of fifty-two. So it's right. uh, you, you see the economics of it. I mean, it's it it makes more sense for them to do the long-term deal if they're convinced uh, that this guy. Uh, what they saw last year is what they're going to get out of him for several more years. Yeah, I, I think that there are – it's an interesting uh, question to me. I, personally, I don't see any problem with tagging him this year um, because um, you do get to see for one more year, is he the real deal? Uh, he's had one really good year, and and I think he showed all the things that you should see. You know, I, I got asked on a chat recently, which I thought was a really good question, um, about what is the most important stat, do you think, for, for a defensive player, for a defensive lineman? And I said, you know, I, I don't think sacks are. To me, sacks are like interceptions. Sometimes they're just lucky. Sometimes a guy blows an assignment. Sometimes and, they, somebody runs a guy right into you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, uh, but pressures are really important. Uh, and I think pressures show effort, constant effort. And what we saw from Demarcus Lawrence last year was that consistent, constant effort. He He really – puts a lot into the game. So he looks like certainly like the kind of guy that you could count on. Now, the the problem you have is that yeah, he he was also suspended last year for four games. So so you got to make sure that this is the right guy. Uh he looks like he is. I think he probably is. Tagging him for one year does not seem like a bad idea to me. Uh if you could get something worked out. That gives you another year to work out something else uh for a four-year deal. Yeah, and the bring up the quarterback pressures. I mean, that's sacks. You can you can quibble with the final number because some of that, yeah, other guys run into it. But, but sacks are about being around the quarterback, and the more you put yourself around the quarterback, the more chance you have to get a sack. And I know that sounds simplistic, but that gets to the quarterback hurries that you're talking about. And he had 50 – he was credited by the coaching staff with 52 quarterback hurries last year. That's a lot. Uh, which means there were 52 other times he was around the quarterback and in position to impact the play or get a sack. And I games. think yeah. number two after that, I think you dropped down in the low 30s. 
so it was a big, big gap. And and the other thing with him too is, and I know you mentioned the suspension. That was actually two years ago, not last year. Uh, but you're right. That that is something else to factor in as well. Um, you know, he he's played with. He's had two back surgeries. Right now, he came That's back and had his best season after the two back surgeries this past year. So that allays you know a lot some concerns about that. Uh, but the other thing, in, in addition to him being a pass rusher. He's an outstanding run defender, too. I mean, he does a really uh, – of all the Cowboys' defensive end, he does the best job of setting the end uh, or setting the edge on rushing plays and making guys turn back up inside where there are more tacklers to get to him. And this is, this is kind of interesting because he's really, in a lot of ways, he's built as kind of like the ideal – uh, left defensive end, which teams run more in that direction by and large. And because of his ability to stop the run, you like him over there, and he's not the the classic or prototypical right defensive end who is all uh, quick right. twitch, fast off the line. But they moved him over to the right side last year, and, and he had his big, you know, he had his best season. But but to me, that's the thing about him. He can play either side. If you got a classic prototypical right defensive end, you could move him back over to left defensive end, and then what would you have as far as bookends on your ability to rush the passer with a David Irving uh, in the middle of that line at a defensive tackle? So, you know, it, the, the thing here is they, they've lamented their lack of a pass rush ever since DeMarcus Ware, they allowed him to leave. Uh, you know, and chose not to re-sign him toward the end of his career, where he went on to Denver and then was part of a Super Bowl team. They finally have someone who has that now. Uh, they are not going to let him go. The question is just how are we going to pay him to keep him and, to, and still construct the team? Yeah. Now, speaking of that defensive line, uh, the Cowboys, as we know, are picking 19th in the draft. Um, there has been a lot of talk, and you look at the mock drafts, it's interesting to me the the consensus seems to be that the Cowboys would take a defensive tackle in that uh, in that range at 19 because you might be getting one of the better defensive tackles in the draft at that point as opposed to what you could get in quality at other positions. Now that's not to say that guys couldn't drop down and and you know and my, and my belief is that. W- you take the, the at 19 you take the best player because they can use a, a really good player anywhere. Even on their offensive line, I think if 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 you if there was an offensive guard that fell to you that you thought was starting caliber right away, uh, then then I think I'd take him. You know, I just I, you know, and then then go defense in the second round. I just don't believe in taking a guy because for positional need uh, in the first round of the draft when when you're you, especially in this would era. You take, would you take a wide receiver in the first round? I certainly would. Would you take a Running back in the first round? I would not. Okay. Yeah, so there are there are one. there are things that you you wouldn't take, but you know, tight end, tight end. Uh, I I think about a tight end. I think if I I don't know that they you know I haven't really looked at the tight ends in this draft and see you know I I I love the kid at Oklahoma, Mark Andrews. He's he's terrific. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good tight end. Um, but I think about it. I think about uh, I, I, you know, I think about anybody on defense. You know, I think I think anything, you know, a, a lineman, a safety. I really do think that I'd rather for this team 
for them to go out and figure out a way in free agency to sign a safety, a veteran safety. I don't know what's going to be available, but I, I think that that I think that this secondary needs that kind of leadership. I think they really missed Barry Church last year. So anyway, David, my point is is that this team though has never really invested in the first round in defensive tackles like a lot of other clubs had. Could you see them doing that in the first round? I, I think it would be lower on their list, but I, I think it is setting up that way. And like I said uh, early, a lot of people are, are pointing to that. Um, you know, this is a Ron Marinelli thing. I mean, he, he believes the uh, this would be a one, a defensive stopper, a run stopper defensive tackle rather than the three-technique defensive tackle, which rushes the quarterback. Right. Really, in, in Marinelli's scheme, three of your four guys rush the quarterback, and the one who doesn't that often is the one technique. So just by the nature of how he has them play the position, uh, that devalues that position, uh, which is why uh, Marinelli, which is why you see the Cowboys take big body run pluggers in the sixth and seventh round, not in the first, second, or third round. Now, would you have a dramatic philosophical shift this year? Is there a player who's there who's good enough? Or do you have with some some new voices in the room and and, and stepping back and looking at this saying, hey, Rod, look, I mean, if we have, if if we can get an elite defensive tackle in there at one, uh, isn't that going to free up? David Irving more, Malik Collins more, uh, Demarcus Lawrence more. Uh, hey, Dave, David, you know, how can this not help us? So I, I think they're going to have those discussions. But the way they weigh these positions, I, you know, look, I, I think the other thing here is at 19, yeah, I think there are going to be some outstanding defensive tackles there. There's a chance there's going to be a guard there who could, who could step in and start right away. Um, you know, if Ridley, your top receiver, is gone, I don't know if there's any other receiver right there. Uh, that you would consider. But I, I want to bring this up. You know, the, the Cowboys have stayed in place for four consecutive years in the first round, which anyone who says that <laughs> that Jerry Jones still has the same influence and, and exercises it the way he has in the past, I think all you have to do is point to that to show that that Jerry's impulses aren't always acted on the way they were in the past. And, and you've seen it by them staying put. With all of that being said, at 19, you're going to you're going to have a, a plateau of players, I think, right in front of you at some positions that are pretty attractive, that would be a good upgrade for you. You're going to get probably three to four compensatory picks this year because of players you lost in 2016. Uh, I would not rule out them, and I know this is very early. And you have to have more specifics on who's going to be where. But I would not rule them out moving up a few spots this year. I'm not talking about jumping into the top ten. But but I could see them jumping up in the 13 to 15 range if there's a player they love because I think they're going to say, you know what, we have some of these extra compensatory picks. It's a good tight end draft. We can get us a tight end in the, in the third or fourth round. Uh, these extra compensatory picks will help us do that. Uh, so I think that's going to be a pretty strong discussion this year, moving up a few spots to hey, to tab a guy that you have pretty highly rated. David, if the Cowboys hadn't gone out and thrashed the world champion uh, Eagles Eagles on the in 16th week of the season, where would they have drafted if they had lost that game? If they would have lost, yeah, I think you. I think it would have been 18. Yeah, I, I think, think, they, were, I think they moved up. Okay, once. what yeah. what what bothers me here when you're talking about the defensive line? What happened to Tyron Crawford? 
Tyron Crawford to me is the, the classic guy to where he does he can play so many different positions that sometimes it's not about what position he plays best. It is, oh well we had this other guy over here and he's really good at the three technique, but he's not so good at the other techniques. So let's go ahead and move Tyrone Crawford out to right defensive end, which he is not in any way, shape, or form, but it's where he wound up right. last year. Um, you know, they when they signed him, they looked at him and said, you know what, we think he can be our three technique and we can he can give us that pass rush inside. So, you know what, uh, Tyrone, we're going to use you with that three technique. Uh, you're inside. You're going to need to gain some weight. So we gained 15 pounds. He came in, they kind of found David Irving, had a, had a feel, natural feel for that position, and they went, well, you know what, maybe go back outside the defensive end. Now, suddenly, he put on this extra weight, and he's outside, and you know he doesn't need that, necessarily need that weight out there. So they've, they've bounced him around every single year, basically to fill in where who, you know, where someone else, excels or is limited only to that position and it's like oh well Crawford can still play this uh, position at a pretty high level so let's just go ahead and move him over we have a comfort level with it so and and I think his career has really been uh, in some ways I think they've done a disservice by bouncing him around as far as what his feeling is but I think they've also determined uh, that his feeling isn't as high as some of these other guys so he's the one who's going to move, and really his value to us is his versatility and the fact he can play basically, I don't know that he can really play the one technique, but he can play three of your four downline positions, and they feel pretty good about it. Now, David, I want to switch gears a little bit here. Uh, the other day, you and Kate Heropolis did a little combo job uh, talking about uh, free, free agency. Uh, there's nothing, you know... Uh, remotely suggestive about I that. Ju- I was just questioning yeah. your uh, use uh, of the English language. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The day that you can question me. Oh, pardon me. You, maybe others, maybe David Moore, but not Barry Horn. Uh, <laughs> at any rate, uh, in the one name of guys who could get away here uh, that was troubling to me is Anthony Hitchens. Uh, what do you? How do you uh, rate his chances of coming back and playing for the Cowboys? I'm going to put it pretty slim because really? I think, um, yeah, I think they they want him back. Um, I, I think he's going to fall into the Barry Church category. You know, they really want to Barry Church back, but as soon as the the contract got up to thirty five million, they had so many other things they needed to do. They're going well, okay, let's just you know let's just bite our lip and move on here. And um, I think that's exactly what's going to happen with Anthony Hitchens. I think there's a a good chance the Colts, uh, where Matt Eberflus was his position coach, who's yeah. now the uh, defensive coordinator in Indianapolis, says, I know what this guy can do. He can play all three linebacker positions. Uh, he's always around the ball. Uh, get him in here. I think they're going to be able to pay him more, and I think some other teams will be able to pay him more uh, than Dallas will be able to when you look where they are on the cap right now. So he would like to be here. They certainly – they certainly understand his value, uh, especially with the number of games that Sean Lee uh, has missed, and, and they feel much better being able to plug him in uh, when Sean Lee's out uh, and, and take, taking less of a drop uh, than you would with plugging someone else in there. 
But I think from a financial standpoint, when you step back and you look at it and you say, okay, uh, they want to work out uh, uh, an extension with Zach Martin. They, they're going to have to franchise to Marcus Lawrence, but they're trying to work out a deal with him. They're going to have to put a transition tag on David Irving and, and give him a, a significant bump in pay from where he is. Um, where else can we turn? Where else can we get some money here? And you start running out of options. And, and having the money to sign Anthony Hitchens, I, I think, would put you in a position of having to probably cut a couple of players you wouldn't want to cut otherwise. And, and that's, that's what the decision is going to be. And I think they're going to determine that we just don't have the depth to, to do this. Uh, we don't want to let him go, but you know what? He was a fourth-round pick. We can pick up a linebacker in the fourth round. I'll go back to those compensatory picks again. Uh, we have some extra firepower here in the fourth and fifth rounds with compensatory picks. Uh, we can pick up a guy and, and plug in there, uh, just like they did with Barry Church last year, and just live with the growing pains on that and say, you know what, we, we at least we're getting younger here. We're not getting better, but we're getting younger and we have enough playmakers around him that we should be able to do more with what our defensive line is, uh, with what our young secondary guy guys are going into their second year. Um, my belief is that that they are reluctantly going to have to say goodbye to Anthony Hitchens. See, and I, and I understand with all your reasoning there, and I know you're talking the way the Cowboys would talk, and I would say that they are dreaming with all of that. Uh, I, I will say, I was gonna when you as you were developing that point, uh, when you talked about Anthony Hitchens, I was going to say, you know what, they've done remarkably well in the fourth round the last few years. They got they got a starting quarterback out of it, and they got a starting linebacker out of the fourth round. That's pretty good. I mean, I can remember years practically the entire 90s, from at least from the back half of the 90s, when they couldn't pick up any starting players, much less a, uh, in the first round, much less uh, sure. uh, good starters in the fourth round, which shows you the influence of Will McClay and what he's done. Uh, my, my argument against all that is, is that, I, I, and David, you certainly know this better than me, but I would argue that Anthony Hitchens, in some ways, was the heart and soul of that defense last year because he is out there all the time, because he does – play so many positions he can play all three positions because he is so hard-nosed he's just so you could just count on him and I know that's for some reason to me that's something that people seem to take for granted that you can count on this guy to be here game he after gets, game he, after he gets game. overshadowed at, at linebacker. well you know Sean Lee's rig is a magnificent player when he's healthy Jalen Smith all yeah the time. You know, and everybody's talking about Jalen Smith and, and to me if you really think that you know if you're count, they shouldn't count on Jalen Smith in my, my estimation at all and to me, what this organization needs to do is that you just talked about cap room. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna make uh, money to sign Anthony Hitchens by cutting somebody, I'm already gonna cut Des Bryant just because I don't think he's worth what he brings to the table anymore. And I think you can replace what he's bringing to the table now. I don't I don't I wouldn't be so sure you could replace. What is he bringing to the table now, Des? Yeah, not much. Well, to me, he, he, people talk about oh, they they think about him in, in 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 the position of what he was, right? And what he was for that one three year period when he was tremendous. Uh, he is no longer that that player. And you you look at if you compare wide receiver stats across the league, I've heard people say you can't expect a, a wide receiver to come in out of college and step right in and do that. Yes, you can. You can get those numbers that Des has produced the last couple of years out of a wide receiver in the draft in his rookie season. If you if you do a good job in finding a guy, he he won't be what Des was three years ago. But Des is such a team leader. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, he's a team leader. So, anyway, I think that this this team needs to make some bold moves here. Uh, I do think that letting Barry Church go was a mistake. Uh, and and, and, I, and I know for the money, I know there are things that you can do in the cap. I think that was it was too much to lose a, a guy of his experience. I think he's such a was such a leader on that uh, in that secondary and on that team. And he had a really good year last season too, as, as all those guys did who left. And of course, you couldn't keep all of them. We wouldn't want to keep all of them. They did a good job of replacing much of that secondary, but they are still hurting at safety. And and I think that this is a team when we talk about growing, you know, well, we got to grow with these, got to have some growing pains. This is a team that wants to be in the Super Bowl now. Jerry Jones is what seventy five years old. Correct. Um, he he's got to be he's got to be competing for Super Bowls now. Well, let me tell you something about Jerry. Jerry will outlive you, well, and me, and me David. for sure. He'll you know, outlive, he'll outlive yeah. everybody. Yeah, me for sure. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean you're exactly. I mean, there's no look. This team was thirteen and three two years ago, right. and and. And, and the number one seed and, and unable to advance. And, the, and, again, you have to go back to that last Cowboys team that was 13-3 and three and number one seed who failed to win a playoff game. Uh, when you're in that position, you should not only win a playoff game, at minimum you should get to the NFC Championship Absolutely. game. Absolutely, yeah. As we know, they have not done that in 22 years. But, look, you, that was your baseline two years ago. Uh, and you came back last year with Elliott suspension, with some key injuries hitting it at all at once uh, and not overcoming them for a lot of reasons that we've gotten into before. You were still able to go nine and seven. So Jerry's expectations are very much we're competing for a Super Bowl this year. Now, we may be one of the outer competitors, and, and we still have to prove it, but in his mind, they are. And based on what we saw two years ago, and really based on what we saw last year when they didn't play well and still finished nine and seven, I would say that should be the baseline expectation. Absolutely. They should be one of the teams competing for a chance to uh, in the NFC Championship game. So, you know, they they would rationalize letting Hitchens go by saying, "Look, we're getting better." In the defensive line, you saw Toko Charlton come on at the end of last year. We have depth there now. Uh, we, we've gotten everyone in their spot. Uh, this is going to take off. Uh, you saw what Chidobeo Wuzia did late in the year. Uh, you saw what Xavier Woods did. Now we're going to move Byron Jones to, to corner. Uh, you know, we, we can get a safety here and, and free agency or, or the draft. Uh, but David, David, you know what? You know, to be better and have an impact. So I mean, I think they can look at their defense and say, "Well, look, we started to improve last year, basically because uh, the guys we got in the secondary and and the guys that we've developed in the defensive line have come on. So why shouldn't we continue to improve?" And, and I think that's going to make it. I think they're going to lean on the youth and the upward, you know, the the developmental arc of young guys. Uh, and and look at their financial constraints and go, uh, maybe we just can't do Hitchens. Dad, I just want to ask you one question. As long as they don't count on Jalen Smith, I think, because yeah. cause they're, 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 that name's going to be trotted out a million times, yeah. and God bless him, I, I, I hope he, he comes back, but there's there's no guarantee. No, that, that's my problem. When you got uh, Sean Lee's uh, injury prone every year, you got Jalen Smith, you're, you're, you're hoping on him. Anthony Hitchens is your one sure thing uh, in that uh, in that linebacker core, 
I, I, yeah, I do think you, to me they need to add to that linebacker core. They need to they need to draft a young linebacker, uh, a guy who can you can develop uh, for you know because Sean Lee's starting to get up there a little bit and has had problems. So, but but to me, you need to solidify that position because you you when you talk about the, the defensive line being better and the secondary being better, the linebacker's still another position. You know, they're they're not playing the same position. So you need good players on all three levels. Uh, And so I I do think they need to do that. But I understand, you know, the – I agree with you. I would also say that their internal assessment of Jalen Smith is higher than our external assessment. Yes, yes, I know that it is. And I got to tell you, David, until we see that, uh, you know, I want to see that on the field, not, you know, these guys have – we talked about the Rangers earlier about how they fall in love – with their prospects, and I think the Cowboys fell in love with Jalen Smith before they ever drafted him, and uh, and I think well, that's, that's why they drafted him. That is why they drafted him. All right, David, they, they're going to run us out of here. They're going to have to do some kind of – Turning the lights of, on, there's going to be a TV <laughs> yeah. uh, special out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, they're going to – Turning it over into a TV studio now? Yeah, yeah we're, you know, the, the, the podcast studio – the we're lights, already moving on. The lights, the lights come on. They're blinding. They think we can work in the dark because yeah. we do work in the dark. We, we do work in the dark. I'm in the dark all the time. But now, oh, here comes James Raglan's coming in. Oh my City gosh. side columnist. We got to go, David. Okay, th- th- thanks for your expertise. As usual, it is spot on. And as I said, we're tripling your rate. <laughs> you just thank me because. I was on. That's all. It's not expertise. <laughs> no, or uh, no. I just David, twenty-three minutes or whatever. You you were spot on. Oh, 23 minutes. You're not getting paid by the minute, David. <laughs> yeah, you don't quick, have to tell us. You quit counting. You quit counting. So be well. Take care. Okay. And thanks for being on. Thanks, David. I think Thank da- I think David's Bye. a little upset that you cut him. We cut him off. Well, he had things to say. No, I love having David on. You know, he's uh, he knows everything we're oh supposed to know gosh. about dates and all the rest of that stuff. I hate that kind of thing. You know, well, he, he, he knows do. the rules. He knows all the rules. I need a guy who knows the rules, and and you know, he knows what the ins, ins and outs of these guys are. And I think, unfortunately, he's right about Anthony Hitchens. And I think that would be a real mistake well, for him to let him go. He knows his way around the star. Too. Yes, he does. So. So we for, gotta go. we, for well, David Moore, well, we, well, we also had on our, our Rangers podcast, we had Evan Grant, who had his dauber down in Surprise, and that was sad. Where, uh, where is Evan? He's in Surprise. There you go. Arizona. Uh, and uh, and now we also had David Moore. Next week we'll be back for more. I think next let's, week we're going to let's, let's have college, college basketball. basketball. Yeah, Men, we're gonna, maybe men's and women. Oh, well, then you're going to have to bring on an expert for the women's basketball. I don't have to bring anybody else. Oh, he's the expert. Barry Horn is the expert on women's basketball because he he uh, he. I watched. I watched a women's no, basketball player. I, I, yesterday, while the world was was watching Kansas and Oklahoma play, and the rest of the world was watching women ice men and women ice dancing, I lobbied to watch the Baylor Texas game, and Baylor's beaten Texas twice this year. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to write that down. All right. And and they're and they're a final four team. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. All right. Uh for Evan Grant, for David Moore, for everybody who made this possible and and along with Barry Horn. Oh, thanks for mentioning. Thanks for Well, I thought you were going to say it yourself. Uh, uh, uh goodbye everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.